say. Can you, can you verify this for me? I mean, some people here don't understand. I mean, what is soul? Allora, adesso te lo dico io. Cos'è soul? Non importa come lo fai. Più alto possibile, meglio è. Pensavi di saperlo tutto. Nel suono giù nell'Atlantico. Col miglior ritmo su questo pianeta. Canta se vuoi, non ti sbaglierai. Accendi questa bomba. Welcome to, yeah, what is this again? Yes, it's Plague Tapes, it's 120, it's the interstitial period between Christmas and New Year. I just like the word interstitial. Anyway, so I'm just going to use it as much as possible and hope that I'm pronouncing it the right way. And don't ask me to spell it. I hope you had a decent Christmas. I hope you avoided covid it seems like that was very tricky for a lot of people. Andrew's going to be along later on to tell us about incredibly alarming numbers and stats and uh, positivity. Positivity is not necessarily a good thing. There's quite a lot of bit of negativity around the positivity, if you know what I mean. Um, and perhaps you don't. And that's why I'm here, to ask those questions and find out what it's all about. This show is kind of going to just be a selection of good tunes as usual and then we'll get to the part where uh, Andrew tells you about what's going on and besides that I'm just you know enjoying the ham and uh, nice sandwiches, amazing slaw as it's called uh, thanks to my sister-in-law and yeah, they're all been they've all been positive things and presents and family being together. It's been nice. So I hope it's been the same for you. And uh, yeah, now it's kind of back to the day job really of uh, play tapes 120 being recorded the day after Stevens's day. They call it Boxing Day. I'm not really sure why is it Boxing Day. Is it because they used to go and knock the heads off each other, or is that something else? Uh, anyway, answers on a postcard or in an email. Who knows? This is uh, Plague Tapes, and we're going to start with something from one of the albums of the year, I think. Anyway, um, 
It's by a gentleman called Madlib, who used to do a lot of work with MF Doom. Um, a rapper who passed away and used to wear the mask. But in the meantime, when I press this button, I think we're going to have music. I'm really hoping we are. This is George Knock. See how long I did that? Yeah. Yeah. 
be faithful. Be pure. Be clean. Or listen to your dreams. Listen to your dreams. Don't be pushed by your problems. That led by your dreams. Be patient, be perfect, and be pure. As food and silver and gold. If you don't ask, you won't get it to ask for it. If you don't step forward, step forward.
in and we're back and that was the great inimitable I use that word all the time and I'm never sure if it's going to come out right um, interstitial and inimitable and it almost didn't come out right there um, Lee Scratch Perry anyway that's uh, where we're at 40 minutes in we had Mad Lib Bondo de Rolo so we went from America to North America to South America to Brazil to London back to America again North America then we went to tribute to the JB family then we went to the Caribbean Lee Scratch Perry with Uncle Charlie Dub and I'm gonna have to move this so I can tell you where the rest is. Oh, don't drop the microphone um, I'm going to move this up. Then we had Bomb the Bass with Bug Powder Dust, the Dust Brothers remix. And then finally, We Are Busy Buddies, Life is an Experiment. And that was the wisdom of Lee Scratch Perry. And we lost another person this year, um, ZZ Top. Uh, and who was it? Who was the man known as Dusty? Hill has passed away, uh, passed away, and I don't think I did. That was in the middle of the year, and I didn't do anything in relation to it. The bass player in uh, ZZ Top, but uh, and I also thought it's probably about the right time to play a religious song, so let's do that now. We can do two things. I think it's going to get a bit noisy for the last part, uh, so be warned. So uh, yeah. Here's a bit of religion from ZZ Top. Jesus just left Chicago And is back for New Orleans Well now Jesus just left Chicago
With knives and whites with clubs Fighting at Howard Beach There's no such thing as human rights When you walk the New York streets A cop was shot in the head By a ten-year-old kid Nate Boot in Central Park last week The fathers and daughters Lined up by the coffins By the statue of bigotry Hey, you better hold on Something happening here You better hold, hold on Well, I'll meet you at Tompkins Square the dopest sent a message to the cops last week And they shot him in the car where he sat And Eleanor Bumpers and Michael Stewart Must have appreciated that There's a rampaging rage rising up like a plague Of bloody vials washing up on the beach It'll take more than the angels Or Iron Mike Tyson to heal this bloody bridge Hey, hey, you better hold on Or something's happening here You better hold on I'm gonna meet you in Tonkin Square a junkie ran down a lady, a pregnant dancer She'll never dance, but the baby was saved He shot up some china white and nodded out at the wheel And he doesn't remember a thing They shot that old lady cause they thought she was a witness to a crime She didn't even see Whose home is the home of the brave by the statue of bigotry Hey, better hold on Something's happening here You better hold on There's a riot in Tonkin Square you got a black 38 and a gravity knife You still have to ride the train There's the smelly essence of New York down there But you ain't no Bernard Getz uh, There's no mafia lawyer to fight in your corner For that 15 minutes of fame The have and have nots are bleeding in the tub That's New York's future, not mine Oh, you better hold on Or something's happening here You better hold on If there's something's happening here
yep, yep, yep. That's uh, that's something else, isn't it? That was Beth Gibbons and Rustin Man with an album that they brought out called Out of Season. And I do tend to find myself playing it at this time of year. Um, and that's funny time of the year. And I didn't think it was fair to leave you with that as the last track. Um, before that we had, well, it's all there in the track listing. But we had uh, Vortex O.S.T with Black Box Disco. I'm not really sure. Um... It's from the New York Noise, uh, and the whole set was a bit noisy. Then we had Lou Reed, which was also, there was a kind of New York theme. Um, Lou Reed with Hold On, I really liked the riff in Hold On, and I wanted to make sure. I played it last time, and I thought I didn't get it, the sound on it right, and hopefully this time it came across loud and clear. Before that, we had Iggy in the Stooges from Raw Power. 1973 that was quite ahead of its time 1973 and that was i need somebody and we had zz top with jesus just left chicago which was our religious song given the time of year that we're in so uh yeah that's pretty much it i was going to ease back a little bit with a different tune just to leave you with the magnificent musicianship of grant green um, on Blue Note and uh, Blue Note's been going since 1939 I read on the label here and this is a track called Ease Back which I think is appropriate enough and after that then we'll have the news with Andrew so here we go uh, ok Grant should play as soon as I do this oh, yeah Thank you. 
and if solutions within this system are so impossible to find, then maybe we should change the system itself. Some foreign power, some group of terrorists. So if you don't know your past, then you don't know the future. Plague Types 120 which is going out to you on the 27th of December the day after Stevens' day in 2021 and uh, Andrew's with me as always to bring us a sight of the uh, the I don't know what it is the disaster that is looming <laughs> yeah yeah uh, that, that's probably a what feels like an increasingly fairish description um like it at the very least cases are now doubling uh in, in each week but those because we started at such a high base and are now at such a high number we don't have anything like enough testing to see what's happening properly so for instance uh today there was only i think six thousand 735 cases reported although only is kind of a funny word to be using in that context however the positivity rate was 49.7 percent now i think the highest positivity we've had before was about 25 percent last january in that surge so that's you know the only other place i've seen a positivity that high was south africa actually they peaked around oh that's a lovely comparison yeah yeah so i mean both that and i mean like anecdotally and i mean look, everybody who listens to this show is going to have multiple Stories, relations yeah. friends who've tested positive will have had to cancel plans you know you're, you're all very well aware of just how much covid there is out there uh we had we've had sixty-one thousand cases this week alone right and that's with the limited testing um so with that and the doubling it's not unreasonable to think within two weeks we'll have 200,000 a day no sorry a week um, and the problem with that is that at a minimum would be another about 200 to 220 people needing ICU the following week in other words that capacity wouldn't be there 200,000 cases a day no no a week yeah. Okay, so you have to. We won't. I mean, we won't know. I mean, the, the thing is, like, we couldn't test and find two hundred thousand cases because we don't have enough testing capacity. Yeah. Um. So. Lord, I. Um. So we won't. We won't see two hundred thousand in a week, but we will. We'll probably have that or more. We're probably well on our way towards that. Couldn't we? We currently are the only. How I mean, many, hold on. Let's. How many figures? What have we got in terms of just single cases? What are we hitting now? Ten thousand a day. Um, so testing at the moment is, is kind of rubbish because of Christmas. Uh, we we had two days back we had thirteen thousand, uh, and then we had a ten thousand, and then we had six thousand seven hundred today. So it actually it looks well, like okay. a peak and then a fall, but that's well obviously that's just yeah, Christmas. Okay. <laughs> so the thirteen thousand is probably the more more 
accurate figure if we're looking at a daily rate? Uh, yeah, what I would guess that today we're probably somewhere between 15 and 18,000. Um, okay. And that positivity of 50% is giving us a clue that it's way above 6,500, but we really don't know how far above. Okay, uh, so can just give us an indication, just break down what positivity of 50% means. That means of every, every two people who got tested, yeah. one of them was positive. Uh, right, okay. And Swain... And that would normally be like... Once you go over something like 12%, you're missing 5%, 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. 5%. No, in the summer, they, that would have been one person in 20 was testing positive. So now one in two inst instead gives an idea, right? And that, so that gives us a clue as to how many cases are probably being missed. I mean, like again, like, everybody's going to know people who are positive on antigen testing and are trying to get a PCR test and haven't managed to book an appointment or if they have it in a couple of days or whatever else. I mean, Is there any way we all know these stories? extrapolate from a positivity of 50%? Yeah, not really, no. There's no I wouldn't know how, how to much, guess it. Yeah, I just, like, no I, I'd be looking at the missing. trajectory of the way cases were going up and I'd be saying it looks to me like we're between 15 and 18,000 yeah, okay. if we had testing capacity. Yeah. But, you know. And the, the other thing you were saying is just in the last, like, just to put it in perspective, we've had something like, is it 200,000 people, 200,000 cases since the beginning of November or something like that? You were saying there was a figure. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's about, it must be about 230,000 today since the beginning of November. Which also I think is good to put it in perspective yeah, yeah, in terms yeah. of like, so that's... Yeah, 60,000 like, of those last week, I mean. <laughs> 60,000 in one week. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and uh, okay. And so obviously we're also working in this strange time where it's Christmas, and so we're not hearing from anybody. I presume all the everybody's gone home for Christmas, so nobody's really talking. Um, was there something that Tony said recently? Apparently, Tony is still talking about things. Yeah, he's. It, it's actually quite interesting in terms of what to expect because he said that he said he basically said no households should be visiting other households, you know, um, and the current recommendations are I think you're allowed to either three or four households. You can that's you can have three, three over, isn't I think it? Three. I think it was three. Was it? Uh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't Which think it was more than. I don't three. think anybody's really been paying that much attention to it one way yeah. or the other. But if we were to actually go back to a situation where it's none, I think we'd be talking about a lockdown uh, in that context. Um, and obviously, in terms of what I'm talking about, in terms of cases in two weeks' time and then ICU 10 days after that, that also looks to me like we're, we're looking at a lockdown, basically. Uh, not 100% certain because, I mean... There's various bits of hopium you could be having around this that might reduce the cost of the surge, but the problem is we're running out of time to actually take effective action uh, because of the way ICU lags infections by about two to three weeks. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, all, so all pretty like, sobering. Yeah, it is like, I yeah. mean, obviously, it, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely picking that up. Um, mm. The... The question I have is, is like, where, like, so you're operating, like, it seems like where uh, everybody's aware of how bad it is, but actually at the same time, there's very little information coming through. Like, I mean, there hasn't been, we still haven't not had a, a press conference from uh, Neffet, have we, since in two months, is it two months? I, I'm not sure when the last one was, but, but in, like, in yeah, quite like, a while, yeah. In quite a yeah. long time. What about HSE press conference? Uh, they did one... 
was it last Thursday? Last Wednesday they did one, so right, it was a little okay. bit early. And okay, and in even in the context of the last Wednesday, was it obvious? It must have been obvious at that stage, was it? That things were going, or has it just? Um, I mean, if we had sixty thousand cases last week, we must have had about fifteen thousand of them before Wednesday, did we? Uh, well, not. I mean, I'm not. I can't can't remember the exact figures, right. but actually, not necessarily. No, I, like last week's the cases last week. Sorry, the cases the previous week to now were thirty thousand, so right. doubled in a week, basically. Okay. Uh, so l- last Wednesday, of course, there, were, there was obviously concern of looking at the increase and looking at what was happening in other countries, but it hadn't quite happened here yet. Okay. And I think it would, there was probably like. At that point, we didn't know we'd be seeing a doubling in a week or less. It's probably going to be less by the time it gets going properly. So you might have hoped it would be a bit more strung out or whatever. I mean, they definitely knew that the crisis was coming. Uh, they just didn't like, see the they, scale you, of it. You wouldn't know the scale of it necessarily, yeah. yes. yeah. Um, and so, obviously, so now, obviously, we're all aware, or we will be aware, when people listen to this show, they'll be aware of the scale of it. And what are we uh, expecting in terms of uh, what's what's going to happen from the Paris to be? Like we have no idea. No like idea. Just literally. Yeah, yeah. Are we going to wait for them to come back from Christmas I to, think to make a decision? Yeah, on that, this? Like the, the sequence that would normally happen would be Neffet would have a meeting, so we'd hear Neffet were going to meet. Yeah. I suspect that would probably happen. I would think they'll probably meet anyway. Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Probably the maybe crisis meeting this evening. Then they'd make then the. They'd meet with cabinet, sorry, or the cabinet subcommittee, because remember they put all these extra steps yeah, in, yeah. and then that would then meet with the cabinet, and then a recommendation would come out of that. So typically, between points where there's obviously a crisis, and between where action is taken, we've seen a period of about ten days. Um, that would be a bit of a disaster in the current context if things keep going as they are, because it would be another twenty days. For that to have enough, I think we can take the bit out. I think it would be a disaster. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. so uh, do we even know if this cabinet subcommittees are meeting? We don't know if Neffet are meeting. Do we know? No, then there's been an awful lot of bullshit around the, um, like the politicians trying to show they're in charge by not being rushed into things and delaying stuff. And oh, we, we won't had be bullied this, around by you know, the scientists and the yeah. medis- medical people. Like we had that this time last year, and it was a disaster. It meant instead of, you know. Instead of maybe having 800 deaths and a, a month-long lockdown, we ended up with 2,000 and a five-month-long lockdown, you know. So I don't trust them not to make exactly the same mistake again. Um, uh, but, yes, yeah, so we, we'll we'll see. I mean, the only... The, the things that might alter things a bit is we haven't yet seen the impact of closing hospitality at eight, uh, whether that shrunk stuff down. Personally, I, I suspect it probably didn't have much of an impact, and the impact it had was probably counteracted by uh, Christmas and increased socialisation around that. Anyway, but that's one thing. Secondly, I I think people will have shifted their behaviours again, probably about a week back, as things became, you know, as the speed of spread of Omicron started to become obvious, uh, and also just with the amount of people who started testing positive in their immediate circles, um, uh, and obviously quite a lot of people tested positive before Christmas Day and therefore plans were cancelled or changed or whatever else. Like most people will have had that. So that may have had an impact on like because the thing to really worry about is the the current wave is as usual very much among younger people. Yeah. Uh, Christmas obviously is the 
real problem of younger people, older people mix. And then at, in the period we're in now, then some of those older people become sick and they get hospitalized at higher rates and stuff. Um, but maybe that effect will be smaller. There's some hope that Omicron is um, less severe uh, in that the initial infection is the, we talked about this in the last show, I think, the upper airways rather than the lungs. Uh, and that may mean that there's fewer, it, it, it appears to mean there's fewer people needing to go into ICU in the very early data from the countries that have got uh, hit a little bit faster than us. But it's really too early to be sure about that. It's kind of all anecdote at the moment. Uh, but that could make a, an appreciable difference, but not a huge amount of the rate of case increases we're seeing. So that's the... Um, the, that, that's the problem like as I was saying if, if you kind of <laughs> if you, you want to do the wing and the prayer it is that there is something that causes the peak to be well short of everybody becoming infected um, and we don't know what that is but that looks like it might happen in South Africa so that does sound like we're really clutching yeah I mean yeah, that's yeah, what we're yeah, if yeah, that's yeah, what we're yeah. relying on and is there any data in terms of the cases that are coming through I mean even say if we go back to the 13,000 people that were positive on Wednesday, what what kind of age bracket are they? Are they the younger? Uh, I, so I haven't said that, that data hasn't been available the last few days, okay, so but it was it, it was the case that before that it was uh, like overwhelmingly in the, uh, the 15 to 34 year old. Uh, age bands that was where most of the cases were uh, and in fact over 65 was very low it was something like 3.5 percent of cases uh which is probably the impact of boosters but that boosters basically working against delta omicron wouldn't have been in circulation enough to get 14 day figures for that so yeah and yeah okay so then that leads me to the other question about like did we have what kind of data do we have in terms of what percentage is Omicron and what percentage is old style Delta? Uh, I think they said last night that they thought it was 80%. Okay. So it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty much going to be dominant. dominant. It's gonna, the dominant you, yeah, variant. Yeah. But, um, and when you were saying last night, what was this, was this a, was this a press conference? Last no, night, I, I just, I just saw that figure given. It might've been in the press release. Uh, oh, okay. Right. So it's just on the was. press release. Right. Um, so, I mean, this strikes me as being like remarkably sobering in terms of this is the worst. It's kind of one of the worst shows I can remember doing, <laughs> and it's not doesn't it's not added to it's not helped by the fact that we seem to have gone into Christmas with this kind of false sense of, uh, I think, invincibility because of the the way that this was controlled in terms of the media like blocking out Nefford and everything else and the government recommendations and closing the pubs um, at 8 o'clock as opposed to 5 o'clock which all leads you to believe that it's not something that you need to worry about too much and it's carry mm. on regardless um, so it does look from the outset like they've just uh, replicated what they did last Christmas is that would that be a fair criticism a variation on a theme rather than replicating it but yes they it feels like we've gone through something similar I think like my anecdotal impression is that the public were more wary 
because there seemed to be an awful lot of restaurants and pubs giving out that they were empty or nearly empty in, in, in the run up to it um, so but you see like that also that, that doesn't it doesn't give me any reassurances because you're talking about the 15 to 35 year old yeah, or whatever yeah. who are the demographic that normally do the do that kind of um you know socializing they're the ones it's aimed at those socializing and then those people who if they did that they're probably not likely to take really antigen tests or whatever like so what there's a like a cons- it just feels like a domino effect in terms of like we went into this with increasing cases mm. from a really high starting point and now we're just beyond Christmas and if you think about the 10 day lag or the whatever 7 day yeah, yeah, yeah. lag that the scale of what we've just what's just happened isn't even we're not even aware of it we won't be aware of it until the first week in january yep that's pretty much yeah uh, so that's pretty much it yeah and, and we get i mean for all the talk about antigen testing i mean a, an awful lot of people in that younger age group live live with parents yeah uh, who obviously onto that younger age group so like antigen testing in that setting is relatively limited because household transmission rates are so high um uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, you know like it, it obviously it helps skim off some of the cases, but it's not like it's gonna um, catch all of them, you know. Um, and there was definitely yeah, I mean the the you know again the positives is about half the adults were had received a booster and it will be starting to work, you know, as we roll forward a bit. So all those things will reduce the costs perhaps considerably we may not be looking at something that's quite as bad as last year from that point of view uh, although it might be from the level of hospitalizations but in terms of deaths and possibly even ICU uh, it should be lower but and what kind of hospitalization figures are we already dealing with so far it's 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 <laughs> um and is this like so there's six, 680 the sorry 461 in hospital at the moment right uh, which is low by recent figures and high by the points we had lockdowns in the previous waves. Uh, and we've had, the last eight days, uh, the number of new hospital cases as a total in the preceding week has increased, right? So that's an, that's an early lead indicator um, I use to see so whether we're heading into trouble. Om- this is Omicron. Well, that can be some, some of that is, is probably Delta as well, but yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that that's where we are currently. So they have, uh, like, I was looking at the the HSE do an operations report every morning, right. uh, which basically tells you how many beds are available and things like that. Yeah. And so we like in the run up to Christmas, they were right down. Typically, it was about one hundred and thirty beds a day. Okay. Uh, at the moment, it's up about fourteen hundred. Um, and we know anecdotally that they're ringing and cancelling people's. Uh, routine operations and things like that uh, that were due to take place this week so basically what they've done is and they did this last year as well is you just get rid of everybody else you can out of hospital so you have room so uh, yeah so there's as of this morning there were 1400 beds so we, we're not going to fill general hospital beds with COVID patients for that. that's probably two to three weeks away I guess um, and in terms of that, and they can probably create more space space there. But they're not ICU beds now. No, That's the ICU ICU ones are crisis, and that is not so rosy um, because it 
We've 91 in ICU at the moment, which is far ahead of at any previous lockdown. Yeah. Uh, and somewhere here I have a figure. There's, so basically, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, they think they can have one, sorry, 350 total ICU beds by surge capacity, right? right. So that's where you, you know, repurpose operating theatres, you redeploy staff from other areas of the hospital, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's about a hundred available beds in terms of where we are at the moment. Okay. Which is not very much. No. Uh, they can probably, I mean. So one of the reasons you end up going into lockdown is not just to stop more people going into ICU for COVID, but because in a lockdown there were fewer car crashes, there were fewer accidents, there were yeah. fewer other things that, that create a, a need for ICU as well. Um, so that's the that's the other reason I'm kind of looking at that and going, hmm, that, I think that's the way the stats are starting to, to point. Uh, we'll see more definitely within a day or two, I suspect. Like Not that ICU will be increasing, uh, but... Um, We'll see if the rate of people going into ICU starts falling radically because that's basically what you'd need. But it's going to be yeah, it's going to be a decision they're going to have to make off the models because <laughs> yeah. if you wait for it to happen, well then it's a complete disaster because then it's twenty days later before any action happens. So, but is there any indication that they are going to make it off the models, or are they going to wait and see? No, well, like, so there's been no no sound from no government sound at from all anybody. for like a week right. at this point. So. Okay. Which is again what they did last year as well. Like they allowed the crisis to develop, and then, you know, I think they decided that everything was closing on New Year's Eve. Was it last year? So I would not. Going to have to meet to to decide that though. So even yeah. then, you would hope that Nefid are having an emergency meeting today mm. or tomorrow mm. at the latest, and then that subcommittee is actually meeting, that they'll pull them out of whatever, mm. wherever they are. And then you would think that still either way, I couldn't see cabinet meeting any earlier than maybe next Tuesday. That's mm. usually how slow it that like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it shouldn't. It should happen much faster than mm. that. Um great. I like I mean, I know you're doing your best to try and find silver or things, but <laughs> there doesn't seem to be anything. It just feels uh, it's 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 a bit on it's it, like it's gonna be bad. I think you can say that we don't it's it's hard to tell how bad it's going to be that's the the one question you know um like my question would be will it be as bad as last year and I think my answer to that currently would be it definitely shouldn't be and it probably won't be <laughs> yeah but the but you can't uh, say anything with that, a guarantee There's that's no that's dependent on on smart decisions being quickly made and my confidence in that is quite low at the moment, I'd have to say. Um, uh, so we we shall see. I mean, we're, we're basically we are we are 100% relying on the vaccines to minimise cost at the moment. That's that's the reality of it. We ha we're we're lucky. Well, not lucky, but we did a good job of getting people vaccinated. So we do a very a very high level of vaccination and a very high level of boosters. But we know they're not 100% effective. And the problem is with, with the Omicron situation, with literally the potential for millions of people to get infected, because that, that is what we're actually looking at. Well, then the one in a thousand of a million is a big number, basically, in terms of people who need the ICU, or the two in a thousand of a million who, who probably will die, even though they're vaccinated, it turns into a fairly big number when you're talking two million people or whatever. So that, that's kind of, that, that's my one area of uncertainty. 
Uh, and Omicron is also going to be it, it's going to be very tough to actually stop. Um, so that seems given that it's like already eighty percent, like even before we got to this yeah, yeah, stage, yeah. and we think maybe fifteen to twenty, fifteen to eighteen thousand cases now, mm. and it's doubling in less than a week. Although that that seems like astounding figures in terms of it's nothing. It's even like and Delta was like what three times more infectious that's why it became the dominant variant yeah yeah uh, so we're now looking at something that's more dominant than the dominant variant so that's a that's a beast yeah yeah that, like the more data that comes out about it in terms of fitness and ability to infect the more <laughs> the more alarming it is at the level of man i don't know if we can do anything to stop this yeah. you know um and that's uh, all the bets are basically on the vaccinations yeah being able to stop it but uh, yeah and the only counterweight to that is evidence that it may be that it is a bit less severe in itself right. uh, but also that in terms of everybody being vaccinated that that's a huge additional layer of protection so uh, but just even like try, remind me how like we didn't even know this thing how long ago is it since we had month first uh, so only month. within a month yeah, very fast and um and does it like listening to the virology the virologists and all that stuff are they also equally astounded about the this how infectious this thing is and um, how, how it's taken off i would say so most of the people i listen to are very reluctant to say anything until there's definite data right. and this has moved much faster than the definite data yeah so what you're really relying on is some sort of early clue or kind of uh, epidemiologists that are just looking at the pattern of it shifting to the population and going yeah. oh look <laughs> yeah, yeah. So all those all, straight lines yeah. going straight up um, and so early early studies using neutralizing serums so from people who've been infected or from people who've been vaccinated uh, and and petri dishes essentially black assays uh, and seeing it its ability to overcome immunity all that sort of stuff um yeah it's 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 all very like the science is only really starting to happen at the most basic level right. and it like different like different quite reputable studies are saying quite different things about severity okay. so right. like between denmark uh, um england and scotland even the range of reduced severity is quite big in terms okay. of it right. uh you know and over time we'll find out why that is and which one yeah. is closer to what our experience will be but at the okay. moment you kind of you don't want to be very definitive about any of that yeah uh, no i can understand that it's yeah they operate differently to tabloid headline new right, newspaper yeah, writers, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so i can understand that um okay so again we're just kind of that just it's just um a little bit uh sobering to be reliant on um the powers that be given their slowness to act and given their recent history of tricking around with say the pub closing times just go ah sure we won't make it five we'll make it eight yeah i mean that decision could well end up costing us a couple of months of being in lockdown like it it seems (laughs) like i think i said at the time it was pretty foolish it's also it's like one of those things about like either make a decision and actually shut them down entirely or like you know go better go better rather than it just seems to be like 
making a different decision to just really show that you're in charge. Yeah, it, yeah, it made you, no sense because it was you like... Make, you're, you're not in charge of anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, was, it, it wasn't a particularly commercially viable decision for an awful lot of places because you're not, you don't have enough turnover in that period, even yeah. if this was to make, to make enough money for it to be worthwhile. No. And it probably kicked the legs out from under the reducing social contact end of things because the things, if you go out drinking... A few hurried pints till you get to eight o'clock. The odds of you then deciding instead of going home at eight, you're going to go on to somebody's house or whatever quite high. Damage is already done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it's all about. It all seems to be about uh, like sending a message that we're in charge, so we don't actually necessarily have to listen to the medical people or the science people. Yeah. And And again, unfortunately, it's exactly what the virus is in charge. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like that's and those are the people that you should listen to because the virus is the one that they know how to counteract you don't don't have a clue mm. um, and now we have to wait for them to get back together and decide hopefully we'll hear it at Neffet or meeting anyway and then we can just hope that things speed up and that there is some sort of action taken quickly it'll we'll all become a lot clearer by the weekend anyway <laughs> and we've been waiting for it like but yeah and even then it'll be like we're still waiting right. for we'll be waiting on the hard data in terms of what the scientists say about this thing but it's quite obvious that we're going we're heading in a very upward trajectory it's, like yeah, the charts yeah, are, yeah. it's all the hockey what do you call it the hockey, hockey stick yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, we're yeah. all just taking off it's like Cape Canaveral yeah um, okay that's fine short and sweet <laughs> quick Thanks, update alright <laughs>